Heights. I love this time of year because of all the, the movies and shows that come out. No other holiday has that, what Christmas has. We have so many movies and stories. And uh, raise your hand if, if you said in this last little bit with talking to someone, uh, if you said that the Charlie Brown Christmas is the greatest Christmas story of all time, we go ahead, raise your hand. Okay, yeah, few of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very few of you. But that's a classic. We have it at home. We love watching that one. Absolute classic. Uh, anyone here say the old, like, Rudolph, the old, like, old school Rudolph that like, maybe you grew up on? Yeah, that's a great, it still holds up mostly, still holds up. Only problem with that story is this guy that appeared in that that gave me nightmares and still actually gives me uh, nightmares. Do we have a picture of the Yeti? That guy, why did they put that in there? That still scares me uh, to this day. Uh, maybe for you, uh, anyone here say Grinch, the, the original Grinch, the original, the classic Grinch or any Grinch, that's a classic Christmas story comes on. Now listen, in our family, we have a big Christmas tradition uh, every year we watch the greatest Christmas movie of all time, and that is the movie Elf. I believe that Elf, listen, if you, don't at me if you disagree with me. I'm telling you, I got the mic. I'm saying Elf is the greatest Christmas story of all time. We love it. We have a tradition of watching it together as a family. There's so many movies and stories that we love around this time of year. And the whole point of all of them, every single one of them, no matter what one is your favorite, the whole point of every Christmas movie and every Christmas story is to help you remember wonder this Christmas. That's the whole point of why they exist, is to help you not lose sight of the wonder of Christmas. They just don't want you to miss it. They tell lots of different stories to help you remember the wonder of Christmas, which I suppose brings us to a, a bigger question, maybe one you weren't thinking about when you woke up this morning, but maybe you might relate to it. Is you ever wonder why wonder is in short supply? ever wonder why wonder in our everyday lives, and especially around this time of year, why wonder is in short supply? Why aren't we more moved in our everyday lives? Why is it that wonder is so hard to come by in our everyday lives, especially this time of year? I think a lot of it has to do with the pace at which we move. I think for whatever reason, this season is the craziest season of the year. There's all kinds of stuff you're trying to get done at work. There's all kinds of parties and obligations you got to be at. There's travel. There's family. I mean, everything kind of condenses into a crazy, you know, 25-day run. And I think part of the pace at which we live and the way that our eyes have sort of adjusted to uh, that pace of life, our lives have adjusted to that pace of life, I think keeps us from seeing real wonder, from noticing, from stopping, from reflecting, from being captured by the wonder of Christmas. I think it's, it takes someone or something shining a light on our lives for us to remember how to reclaim wonder in our everyday lives. Which is why I love the original Christmas story, the OG Christmas story, story of Jesus' birth, the story that people have been telling for 2,000 years. It is a story filled with wonder, absolute wonder. If you stop and slow down, and pay attention to it long enough. It is a story filled with wonder. Because when it happened in those days, it was not unlike our day today. The world had grown dark and dull and dim, and people had lost wonder. Their expectation had all but expired. Long gone were the days of, of Moses or David or Elijah, where it seemed like God could and would do anything. In fact, the moment when Jesus was born, there had been 400 years of silence. God had not spoken. No one had heard from God for 400 years. And people had grown accustomed to the dim, dull, dead life without 
wonder until that very, very, very first Christmas. And I want us to just sit for a moment in that as we prepare our hearts for baptism today. So grab a Bible if you would, and I want you to turn to John chapter 1. If you're uh, here at Soul City right now, you brought your own Bible with you, fantastic, great. If not, there should be a Soul City Bible right under your seat. Grab it if you're watching online. Open up a separate window to John chapter 1. We're going to look at the story of the very first Christmas and the wonder that we are invited into in that story. In the Soul City Bible, you can turn to page 860. That'll help get you there faster to John chapter 1, page 860. Now, let me give you some context. Of the three gospel accounts that tell the story of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, only three of them mention his birth. Mark doesn't even talk about the birth of Jesus. He just like starts at chapter three. He just kind of gets right into the action. Matthew spends a significant amount of time uh, proving that Jesus is part of the beautiful and broken royal line of Israel, that he is a true heir to the throne of Israel. Luke spends a significant amount of time with all the details, the who's and what's and when's, and so that we would understand the context of Jesus' birth, but not John. John decides to tell the story of the birth of Jesus with a sense of wonder. He does it through using image and metaphor, and I love the way he tells it. In fact, this is how he starts. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says this, in the beginning was the what? In the beginning was the the word. That's an interesting way of talking about Jesus. He's referring to Jesus, and he's saying, in the very beginning was the word, and the word was what? The word was with God, and the word was God. Okay, come on, 10 o'clock, listen. 8.30 had fewer of you, but they sounded mightier than you, okay? So let's, I mean, it's not a competition, but if it were, you're losing right now, okay? So let's do that again, all right? You just got to shout back the next word to me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now that's really important. In fact, he goes on to play this out a little bit more. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Now this is really important. In just three verses, John is giving us a complete Trinitarian theology. He's showing us the centrality and the supremacy of Jesus and how Jesus is utterly connected to God, that they are one in the same, that Jesus was not just from God or not just with God. He is God. And he uses that image that was given to us at the very creation of the world, how God spoke creation into existence. He says, well, Jesus is that word. He's the word who was with God. He is, in fact, God. John does not waste any time on genealogies. He doesn't reference a census. There's not a single shepherd mentioned in his Christmas story. But he paints such a beautiful picture for us. In fact, he goes on in verse 4. He says, in him was life, and that life was the what? Was the light of all mankind, of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What a beautiful image. Jesus is this word spoken by God into our world. And in fact, he is the light of this world. That darkness cannot exist in his presence. In fact, darkness cannot overcome the light that God sent through his son, Jesus. I love that imagery that John chooses to use. That the world was dull and dark and dim until the bright light of Jesus entered into our world and changed everything forever. You ever, uh, ever found yourself in total darkness before? You know that feeling like when you're in a really dark room and you kind of lose your orientation? You know how that feels? Like maybe you had to... Um, 
get up in the middle of the night to, you know, do some business. And so you get up in the middle of the night, but it's so dark in your room. You ever have that feeling? And you get up and you're so disoriented. You're not even sure if this is your room anymore or even your house. And you kind of bump into walls trying to find your way in the darkness. It's hard for us to find our way in the darkness. And what John is saying here is, yeah, that's life. That life can feel that way. This world can feel that way. Like we're stumbling and fumbling our way around trying to find God, trying to find purpose, trying to find meaning. And nothing changes in that darkness until the light comes. Now, you know that just a little bit of light can change the darkness, right? Just a little bit of light, a little nightlight in your room changes that whole scenario for you, right? A little bit of light totally changes the darkness. But you know that a little bit of darkness actually doesn't change the light. If you add a little darkness to light, it doesn't change. The light still overpowers the darkness. It's a powerful thing to think about. I think it has huge theological implications. Like, think about it. If I were to um, turn the stage lights off on me right now, so we brought those, as hard as that is for me to do, but we brought the lights <laughs> down on me. Look, we're all still fine, right? You can still basically see me, right? We, some more darkness came in. Those lights are dark now, but there's still light. The darkness cannot, just a little bit of darkness can't overcome the light. Now, if we were to turn all the lights off, like completely go black out black in here, that's a little different. Obviously, we have to keep the uh, emergency exit signs on, like <laughs> Illinois state law. But the point is, you get the idea. That total darkness is what John was talking about. This world was dark and dull and dim, void of wonder. And so often, this is how our lives can feel, like we're just stumbling and fumbling around in the darkness, trying to find hope, trying to find purpose, trying to find meaning, trying to find the light. And while a little bit of darkness doesn't change the light, a little bit of light, just a little bit of light can change the darkness. Just a little tiny, this is the tiniest light I've ever seen. But it changes the darkness. And what John is saying is that when Jesus came into this world, it wasn't a tiny little light. The whole light, everything came on. The whole world changed. And that light of Jesus changed everything, changed the darkness forever. There is no darkness that can ever overcome the light of Jesus. There's no darkness in your life, no lack of clarity, uncertainty, no habit or pattern of sin, no amount of darkness can ever overcome the light of Jesus. And that really is, I'm telling you, that's the wonder of Christmas, is that Jesus found his way through the darkness. Jesus found his way to us so that we could find our way to him. He turned the lights on. He said, I'm the light of the world. Darkness will never overcome me. He found his way to you so that you could then no longer stumble and fumble your way through life, but find your way to him. He came for you. He made a way, brings hope to our hopelessness, healing to our brokenness, peace to our chaos, light to our own darkness. The Bible says that the word became flesh, that the light actually shone in the darkness and everything changed. And he did it all. Listen, this is what's so crazy. This is the wonder of Christmas. He did it for you. He did it for you so that you could find your way to him. And I wonder if the whole reason that you're here today is to hear that today. 
What reason you tuned in or watching online right now is to hear that today. He did it for you. He made this world his home so that you could come home to him. A little further down in John chapter 1, John, the beloved, a disciple of Jesus, was describing the events of John the baptizer, two Johns, who was baptizing Jesus. Before Jesus began his public ministry, he started by being baptized. So aligning himself with us in this world that he was baptized. And John the beloved records and quotes what John the baptizer said when Jesus came up out of the water. He said, this is all he had to say upon seeing Jesus in all of his glory. He said this, I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen son. I have seen, he used a real churchy word before the church even existed. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen son. I've seen all I need to see. I've seen the light. The world will never be the same again. Darkness cannot overcome the light. I've seen and I'm telling you, I'm testifying. This is God's chosen one. This is God's own son. This is the way to new life, to true life, to salvation, to redemption, to transformation to the light outshining the darkness on a huge, like, historical scale, but on a personal scale as well. And Jesus didn't come for you out of obligation. I want to make sure you know that. He didn't come because he had to. He chose to. He chose you. He didn't come because you're so evil and you're so messed up that God had to do something. He didn't just come for people who act like they have it all put together and have it all figured out. He came for you. He made his way to you so that you could make your way to him. That's the the wonder of Christmas. That's why it's important that we pause and consider this amazing story that, that Christmas really is, in a nutshell, Christmas is God's yes to you. Christmas is God's yes to us. It's God saying, yes, I choose you. I've come to you. I've brought my light into your darkness so that you could find your way to me, so that you could say yes to me. And I can't think of a better way to kick off this Christmas season than by celebrating what a yes to Jesus actually looks like, to experience the wonder of transformation in public, for you to see and experience, for you to be able to testify that there is light in the world. It is not all darkness. It's not all darkness in here. That he's come to shine a light so that I can find my way home to him. We're going to look at what that looks like today and experience that together through the waters of baptism. And I wonder if you came here today with your wonder tank low. (laughs) You know, maybe your wonder tank is a little low. The world's a little too cynical. Things have been a little too hard, a little too overwhelming. And your wonder tank is low. I I think you're going to leave here today with it overflowing. Because you're going to see what happens when everyday ordinary people say yes to Jesus. And in fact, it may be your day today to do just that. To get baptized today. To say yes to Jesus today. Now, I want to say a word about that before we celebrate it together. Let me just say a word about baptism because I think it's important to say. Um, just like John used that imagery, the metaphor of the word and the light, Jesus is the word, he's the light of the world, this water is just that. It's a metaphor, it's an image. There's nothing magical or mystical or spiritual about the water. I feel like we have to say this every time. 
you know, we don't fly it in from Rome. We don't ship it from the Jordan River. This is Lake Michigan water. And so I ask everyone when we do baptism, pray for the people getting in it because it's Lake Michigan water. It needs some sanctification, okay? So it's just normal water, but it serves as an image. It serves as a reminder, a symbol of death to life, of darkness to light, of an old life being raised into a new life with Jesus. What a beautiful image to see freshly redeemed folks come out of that water today. So it's just a symbol, right? And maybe for you, you were baptized as an infant. Maybe you grew up in a tradition where your parents did that for you. And it was beautiful and it was incredibly meaningful. And everyone was there and they had cake afterwards. It was awesome. But you had nothing to do with it. You literally had nothing to do with it. And you're maybe wondering, okay, if I get baptized today, does that kind of like nullify what my parents did for me when I was an infant? How, does, how do those things work together? Are they in opposition with each other? Absolutely not. In fact, if anything... What your parents did when you were an infant was their intention for you. Their intention was that you would find and follow Jesus one day. And what this is, is the completion of that intention. This is you being able to say, I I did. I found the light of the world. His name is Jesus. And I have seen him and I testify he is my way to true life. And so if anything, it completes that for you. Now, I also want to say this. Maybe you're like thinking, I've never been baptized. Maybe you said yes to Jesus a long time ago, or in a couple minutes, you're going to say yes to Jesus for the first time, or for the first time you're coming back home to him in a long time. And maybe you're thinking, okay, that's awesome. I didn't come ready to get baptized today. I'm not wearing my baptism outfit. I don't even know what that is. Like, I'm, this is winter wear. Like, I did not come ready for this. Here's the thing. Our team has thought through every single detail. They're absolutely amazing folks who thought through everything. They've got t-shirts, shorts, underwear. It's not Soul City branded underwear uh, yet, but we have underwear too. (laughs) Hair products, literally in every single size. There's no reason for you not to get baptized today. They're going to meet with you right outside this room. They're going to pray with you and they're going to get you ready to come and to say yes to Jesus. Yes, I I want to revel in the wonder that a God would make a way for me to find my way home to him, that he would shine his light into my life. And that there is no darkness out there, in here, that can ever overcome the light of Jesus. And I want you to have the opportunity to say yes to him. Now, last thing, I want to say this, and I had to get permission to do this, uh, but today and today only. And we've done this a few times before, but I just, I've talked to the management and they allowed me to do this with you today. We are doing a two-for-one special today on (laughs) baptism. If you, this is so corny, if you have yet to say yes to the baptism and you're a couple who wants to get baptized together. We want to baptize you. Maybe one of you did, one of you didn't. Maybe as a family. You know what's so powerful? At our uh, 8.30 gathering, multiple families got baptized. How powerful and beautiful. What a testimony to this world to say we as a family, we as a couple are going to put Jesus at the center and let his light shine throughout our whole family, throughout our relationship. So if you are a couple today that wants to get today and today only, uh, two for one, you can get baptized today. And we want you to do that. And in a moment when we say anyone who wants to get baptized, go back. If you have a friend or someone with you, take them with you or make sure they come up and meet you at the tent because you're going to want some of your people around you for this moment. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm going to ask you to stand right now and I want to pray for you and we want to celebrate this awesome moment of transformation. We want to um, see the wonder of what that looks like in public. 
And which was so fun, at our 8.30 gathering, 12 folks said yes to Jesus and getting baptized. How awesome is that? And I think, I think there's a lot more. I think there's a lot more. In fact, I think it may be the whole reason you came here. And in fact, your heart may be beating a little fast right now. Your palms are getting a little sweaty. And you're thinking, okay, when's the next time they do baptism? Don't worry about that. Today's the day. Don't worry about that. Today's the day. Don't wait. Why would you wait? Again, if you're someone who says, yeah, I'm a Christian. I just never did this. Then I would ask you the simple question. What are you waiting for? There's no, here's water. Here, we, we've heard and seen the light of Jesus. Don't you want to testify that he is your way today and to let our community see and know that you have said yes to Jesus today. So do not wait. And I do want to just say this. If you have yet to ever actually say for yourself, yes to Jesus, then I'm going to pray a prayer and I want you to pray it along with me. Maybe you prayed it a long time ago as a kid, but you've lost your way. It's gotten more dark than light in your life. And you can just repeat this prayer after me. I want you to have the opportunity today to say yes to a relationship with Jesus and then to follow that up by getting baptized today so that you can look back and say, Christmas 2018, my life was never the same since then. God changed everything that Christmas. So I want you to say yes to Jesus today. So if you would close your eyes, it helps us focus. Open up your hands and your heart. We kind of pray with hands open like this to God. And if anyone here wants to say yes or wants to say yes again, you, you've been walking and fumbling and stumbling around the darkness, you want to come back home to Jesus. You've seen the light. In fact, I think it's the whole reason you're here today. Then you can just repeat this little prayer. You can just say it out loud, your own words, your own heart, but you can repeat this right after me if you want to say yes to Jesus today. Jesus, thank you for saying yes to me. Today I say yes to you. Thank you for shining your light into my life. I confess I've made a mess of my life. Habits and patterns that have led me away from you. Sin that has preoccupied my heart. I confess it all to you. And I choose you as my way. Today, Jesus, come into my life and make me who you made me to be. Thank you for the gift of new life. And I say today, I have seen and I testify that Jesus is God's own son, my way to new life. And God, I pray for everyone right now. I want to ask everyone if you keep continuing this posture of prayer. Christians, if you're here and you're already Christian, I want you to be praying right now in this moment that folks would continue to respond and say yes to Jesus. Pray and join with me as we pray. Jesus, I pray that for anyone here who has yet to say yes to you or yet to say yes to baptism, that this is their day. Not to miss the wonder of this moment. Not to be looking for some perfect moment and miss this present moment. But Jesus, you shined your light on us and so we want to open our lives up to you and say yes to you. I pray for anyone and everyone who needs to be baptized today that they would not miss this moment. They would say yes to you and we would get lost in the wonder of transformation. That there is a God who moves and changes lives, saves us from where we are, makes us who we were meant to be. And it's all through his son, Jesus, his death. And his resurrection made it possible for us to have new life. So God, I pray for a movement of your spirit and nothing less in this room right now. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.